Hi, I'm Jim Elliott, and welcome to the State of Shakespeare. Garrett sends his apologies. He is on a plane right now. He had to make a last-minute flight, so he's not with us. Today on the program, we have Jim Helsinger. Jim Helsinger has been the artistic director at the Orlando Shakespeare Festival for 23 years. He has directed incredible amounts of Shakespeare there, including The Adventures of Pericles, Henry V, Titus Andronicus, Cymbeline, Macbeth, The Two Gentlemen of Verona, A Midsummer Night's Dream, and many, many, many more. Other directing credits include directing at the Prague Shakespeare Company, the Colorado Shakespeare Festival, Actors Theatre of Louisville, Florida Studio Theatre, Cape May Stage, Florida Rep, and the Actors Playhouse, Flat Rock Playhouse, Pennsylvania Shakespeare Festival. I could go on, but I will <laughs> talk about his acting credits. He has performed in the title roles of Cyrano de Bergerac, Hamlet, Gross Indecency, Dracula, and Henry V. He holds a BA from Miami University and an MFA from the University of Alabama Professional Actor Training Program. Welcome, Jim. Oh, it's a delight to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. So, we are very excited to talk to you about a new play that you have commissioned at the Orlando Shakespeare Festival, and it is called Gertrude and Claudius. What is okay. Gertrude and Claudius? So Gertrude and Claudius is a prequel to Hamlet, which was written by John Updike in 2000, his last book before he passed away. It was a New York Times bestseller. And I know a number of actors who have used it as background research when doing a production of Hamlet, and our chairman of the board, Rita Lowndes, just loved it and said, this has got to be a play. And we reached out to John Updike and then later to John Updike's estate, and it took us about three tries and 15 years before we got found all the conditions were right to make the commission work. And Mark St. Germain, really great playwright who's known for camping with Henry and Tom, Freud's last session, dancing lessons, best of enemies, came on as the adapter playwright. So we have Shakespeare as a base, <laughs> then John Updike, then we have Mark St. Germain. So that's a pretty good pedigree working on it. And it really tells the story of Gertrude from when she's 18 up to the beginning of Hamlet. So in the beginning of the book and the play, you meet young Gertrude and her father, who is king, Rorik. And then Rorik is concerned with the dynasty moving forward, wants to marry her well, and finds Hamlet, not Prince Hamlet, but his father, Hamlet, and they come to visit and comes with his brother, Claudius. So we meet all of them when they're young. And then there's an arranged marriage between Hamlet and Gertrude. And he's a big Viking warrior, a rather shrewd politician and a dutiful husband, but they're really not in love. And slowly over time, Gertrude and Claudius meet over the years. They write letters back and forth, and they slowly really, really fall into true romantic love. And in this torrid affair <laughs> that takes place in, when they're in their 50s. And it's, it's also just really great to see this love affair taking place from two older people, not Romeo and Juliet, you know. Right. And Gertrude manages to get Polonius to lend her so that she can go have a retreat and pray, quote unquote, at his lodge, which is a, a bit of a distance, an afternoon's travel from the castle. He has a little lodge on a lake. And that's where Gertrude and Claudius meet in sort of a fun kind of take on Romeo and Juliet. The very first time she goes with her handmaiden, Herda, huh. and 
the oh. nurse. Claudius is outside and she looks out the window and he climbs up the window to get in so no one knows that you know he's entered to the front. But he's older and he has trouble climbing up and then he has trouble fitting through the window and gets inside and basically says, look, if you, if you want to have an affair with me, that's fine, but I'm not coming up that window again. <laughs> <laughs> he says walls get higher by the year. Uh, <laughs> I know that feeling. And, and then he starts coming and going and in front of Herda and King Hamlet starts noticing that Gertrude is missing and slowly he figures out that this affair is going on and confronts Claudius. He's going to banish Claudius. He's going to punish Gertrude and he's going to kill Polonius. And he says, I got to go off to this meeting with the Polish, which is also mentioned later in Hamlet. But when I'm back, I'm come back and and do all this to you, Claudius, leaving Claudius about a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour window to figure out what he's going to do. And Polonius, who's been hiding behind a tapestry, because that's what Polonius does. That's, yeah, the heiress. Um, behind the heiress, exactly, comes out and says, look, he's going to be talking for three-and-a-half hours, and then he's going to go sleep in the orchard, and no one will be around him. And I do know, have a key to get in through a a kind of a backdoor stairwell that you can get access to him. And Claudius bites on it. And he's traveled a lot to Byzantium and Greece and Italy and Rome and Venice. And he has poison that he's picked up in Byzantium. And that, and then we hear the whole story of the murder. And he then is elected king immediately afterwards. He marries Gertrude. And at the end of the play, it seems to him like it's going to be a pretty happy ending. Mm. In fact, the last scene is the court scene from Hamlet, where we hear, you know, a little more than kin and less than kind. Right. That first thing where he's asking Hamlet to stay in uh, Denmark. And he turns to the audience and says, all will be well. I got away with it. Mm. And you think, well, no, actually, I don't think you're going to get away with it. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of bad things about to happen in Hamlet. All right. So in dramatically for us in the play version, he is turning to the audience saying, all will be well. Gertrude is in the chapel, and this is also in the book, and she feels like King Hamlet is around, like she hears him, but she feels his presence, and she thinks it's really weird and strange, and you're like, well, because he's a ghost, and he really is there. Right. Uh, and then in the third, there's, it's kind of a triple scene all happening at, at one time, the ghost has is appearing to Hamlet, telling him that Claudius murdered him. And that's where it stops, right there, with, I got away with it. And you're like, well, actually, you didn't. You didn't. And then we go directly into, into Hamlet. We're doing both plays in repertory together with the same cast, playing the same parts. So you'll get to meet Hamlet when he's young. You'll get to meet Polonius when he's much younger. You'll meet Gertrude when she's only 18 and, and then all the way up to Hamlet. And some cameos, Yorick the Jester mm -hmm. uh, is in it. So it's just a really fun prequel to then do a production of Hamlet from. And twice, if you want to come on a Saturday, a Saturday afternoon, you can see Gertrude and Claudius go to dinner and then come back and see Hamlet that night. Well, that's a good day of theater. It's pretty true to the plot. Some things are, you know, of course, when you dramatize, you have to conflate events and put them together because we don't have 20 hours to read a book. We have two hours to play. Right. And uh, one thing you, you might find interesting was in the book, which it takes place in three parts, mm -hmm. young, when they're in their teens, early 20s, when they're in their 30s, 40s, when they're in 50s. 
And Updike took the names from the legend for part one. So Claudius's name is Feng and Gertrude's name is Gurutha. And then in part two, they changed to the Saxo Grammaticus story. So then Polonius is named Carambus. And then in part three, they have the names from Shakespeare itself. And in fact, in the, in the first quarto of Shakespeare, Polonius is called Carambus. So the names change in the book. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Claudius goes from being called Feng to eventually taking the Latin name Claudius. Carambus changes. She's Garutha and then becomes Gertrude. Hmm. And originally we were thinking about doing that and we just found it was it was too confusing to an audience in a play to have that sense of the names changed. What, what happened? That we would just stick with Shakespeare's names. Then we did the first reading of it at Playfest, our new play festival last year. And at the very beginning of the play, young Hamlet shows up to woo her. And most of the audience is going, why is Prince Hamlet wooing his own mother? Right. And what we really realized was the name Hamlet is so ingrained in an audience as being Prince Hamlet, even though if they've seen, you know, it's the most famous play known, you know his father is the king. And most people know his father's name is also Hamlet. But it just, it just didn't work. So we pulled the name Amleth, which is one of the previous names of Hamlet from the Saxon Grammaticus, to designate the king versus the son, and that has worked. Hmm. I'm fascinated. I have lots of questions. First of all, it sounds like there might be a little bit of comedy in Gertrude and Claudius. There is. It's, I mean, it's not a comedy by any means, but in Hamlet, we meet a ghost at the beginning of the play, and there's a murder right away. I mean, it is, it's a horror piece, right. you know? Gertrude and Claudius is a romance, and we're meeting a young girl, and she's dealing with her father, who wants her to marry a young guy, and Amleth gets drunk on their wedding night, and just as she disrobes to say, husband, I'm ready for you, he snores and he's fallen asleep, and she never forgets it. So, yeah, there, there's interesting comedy along the way, but it's really much more of a story of the life of Gertrude. Another interesting thing in it is viewing Hamlet from someone else's point of view. We view Hamlet from Hamlet's point of view, and we love him. He's great. For Gertrude, he's a pain. <laughs> <laughs> he's a teenager. He's sarcastic about everything. He doesn't listen. He, he's an unruly child. So it's interesting. She feels distant from him. She doesn't feel connected to him. And she feels he's a bit rude and mean to her. He bonds later to his father, which we also hear in Hamlet, but not very well to Claudius, who he doesn't like. So it, it's all just kind of setting it up. And yeah, there's, there's nice comic relief along the way. The other question I have is about Polonius becomes massively complicit in the whole plot. He does. And that is, if you did Gertrude and Claudius with Hamlet, nothing in the play dictates the way that you have to do Hamlet, except for Polonius which John Updike made complicit. Now, he's he does not tell Gertrude that she can have an affair at his lodge. She comes to him and says, you know, you have this lodge, and I'd really like to pray more and spend some time alone. And, and he's, like, very dubious on it, but agrees that if she'll help him dealing with Amleth, who thinks that Polonius is old and, and is about to fire him, that he'll do it, you know, a little tit for tat. But he knows they're having an affair there. He just kind of chooses not to know. And then he doesn't tell Claudius to kill Amleth, but he does say 
he will be alone asleep in the orchard and there'll be nobody there. Here's a key. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we will be beginning Hamlet with a complicit Polonius. So he'll be, I think, of necessity, less of a fuddy-duddy than he is sometimes played. Although he is certainly also slipping. You know, he he natters on, and he does that in Merchant and Claudius too, where he starts a subject and then veers off and talks too much. Mm-hmm. In Hamlet, we have the line, more matter with less art. And in Gertrude and Claudius, Claudius has a very similar line of, get to the point, just get to the point. Right, right. And there's some nice comedy in Polonius beginning to derogate. But this Polonius will be of necessity in on what is going on. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's interesting. So in addition to all the things you just said, what else are you looking forward to in presenting the world premiere of Gertrude and Claudius in rep with Hamlet? The audience will be interesting to watch, I imagine. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the metaphor or, or analogy that I've tried to use is in the beginning of uh, the first Star Wars movie, A New Hope, mm-hmm. you're like, why is Darth Vader acting this way in the beginning of this and then once you see Rogue One, yes. right, Where, how they got the plans. And at the end of that, you go, oh, Darth, is, is all, he attacks that ship because he's just chased Princess Leia across the entire galaxy <laughs> trying to get those plans from her. So one of my hopes is when you see Hamlet, you have, who is Yorick? What was that? Why did Gertrude, does she know? Does she not know? What's her situation? What was Claudius like before? What was Hamlet's childhood? You'll have all that information when you go to see Hamlet. So it will it will be a different production. And I think that's going to be exciting. I also think it will be nice to see the story of Gertrude, to tell a female story. Right. Uh, in the You know, Hamlet is... Gertrude's in it, but it's Hamlet's story. To see that happening, I think, is just going to be exciting. Yeah, that's going to be absolutely exciting. The other question that I have with the you know the knowledge I have about Hamlet is there's the scene between Hamlet and Gertrude, the very famous scene when Polonius is behind the heiress. And you were saying that in Gertrude and Claudius, Hamlet's kind of annoying to Gertrude, or like a, like a petulant teenager yeah. or whatever. So I wonder, how do you bridge those two places, from that place to the place in actual Hamlet where she's really caring for him? It's not that she doesn't care for him. She deeply, we care for our children. We right. deeply love our children. But we also see their flaws. And Hamlet is rude. He's rude throughout the entire play, Hamlet. So it's, I think, trying to reconcile this and... In that scene, he's been acting barking mad for for two, three months. You know, it starts with him coming in and saying, now, now, mother, what's the matter? Right. Great, great start to a conversation. And she, she says, I'm going to go get someone who can. And she tries to talk to him and, and says, I'm going to go get somebody to talk to you. Uh, I've had enough, basically. So that's the beginning of that. After the death of Polonius, when they're both crying over, oh, my God, what have you done? That's where that family bond comes together. And he's reminding her of Amleth versus Claudius. And there's an interesting point in there where he says... If you do nothing else, don't tell Claudius that I'm in fact not mad, but mad only in craft. And she says, if words be made of breath and breath of life, I have no life to breathe what thou hast said to me. And Hamlet drags the body off. And then Claudius comes in and says, how is Hamlet? And she says, mad as the sea and wind. So she's is on- she lying for Hamlet? Or is she telling the truth because 
when she's saying, I'm not going to tell him that you're not mad because I think you are mad. Right, right. You're actually that, mad. That's never resolved. We don't really know the answer to that. We know he, she loves her son, mm-hmm. but can she truly justify his murder of Polonius? And remember, he, she doesn't know that Claudius killed Hamlet's father. And she, do, she doesn't in the play, and she doesn't in Gertrude and Claudius. It's very convenient for her mm-hmm. that the guy she's having an affair with, she gets to marry because her husband is, you know, bitten by a serpent. But she has a lot of remorse about it, as we say in Hamlet. You know, Hamlet says, she followed my poor father's body like Niobe, all tears, yet within a month she married. So there's some, there is something weird about that. Oh, absolutely. Um, so it's just trying to, to, to find, well, what's the ground under which that took place? And the ghost has said that she was having an affair, that he woo her with gifts. He wooed her with gifts, which he does in Gertrude and Claudius, and was having an affair when he killed Hamlet's father. So all those things get told. So I don't don't think that scene will be different. I mean, it'll be what it is, but I feel like Gertrude and Claudius puts you in a place where that scene could go in a number of different ways. Polonius, on the other hand has to know what's, there's kind of no way to avoid his knowing what's going on. And that'll just be interesting to, and when you think about it, he's helping Claudius through the whole play, right? They, they hide and put Ophelia out. He tries to figure out what it is. Then he hides in the bedroom. You know, he's kind of loves to hide behind in there. <laughs> yeah, he's a sneaky little devil. This is another little, I guess, uh, Easter egg is, Gertrude is working on the heiress as she sews the whole thing during uh-huh. the course of Gertrude and Cleus. Oh, that, that um, yeah. That's uh, sort of like the Bayonne tapestry that then he's stabbed behind. So we've watched that whole thing get made during Gertrude and Claudius, which I think is kind of fun. Yeah, that is very fun. And it sounds it sounds like Gertrude and Claudius, in addition to being an interesting play on its own, lends depth to your viewing of Hamlet, lends a lot more, you know, history and weight, and you start to understand yeah, things. Yeah, and it doesn't, it was not written by Mark to be only done with Hamlet. It's its own standalone play. And in fact, I don't even think you would you would have to know Hamlet well to enjoy Gertrude and Claudius without even seeing it. I mean, it's pretty hard, I think, to be a Western speaker and not know that basically Hamlet is a play and it's a young prince who finds out that there's an affair and dies in the end killing Claudius. I mean, we know that even if we've never seen Hamlet. Right, because we've seen Lion King. <laughs> We've seen Lion King, right? And that's really all, so that the end has that stinger of everything is going to work out. And you're going, well, no, actually not. Yeah. And in this you might find interesting. The play version of Gertrude and Claudius can be performed with a cast of seven. It's not a huge play, so it can be performed in a small space. You don't have to have a giant cast. We're filling that whole cast out because we're putting it in rep with Hamlet. So you will see Marcellus and Bernardo, the guards, and Francisco, and other people that are just in and around the castle. You know, right. but it doesn't have to be done that way. I will say this: uh, given that State of Shakespeare is also uh, actor oriented, this is a big, big day for actors when they do these both. As actors, we have a hope that we're going to get a chance to be in Hamlet, if not play Hamlet. And so, yeah, you get to be in a world premiere. You get to play Gertrude for the first time ever in a brand new play and then play Gertrude again in the play Hamlet. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, So now tell me when it premieres and all about how I can get tickets and all that kind of stuff. 
Sure. So both plays will come out in the beginning of next year, and they'll run basically February and March together. And you can go on our website, which is orlandoshakes.org, and get the entire schedule. Just click up and see Hamlet. And then if you are interested in coming in and seeing both, if somebody's from out of town, uh, two things I would give you is look for the Saturday where we're doing the double show, and you can see that in the schedule. Uh, and then also, if you're coming from out of town, go to our places to stay bullet or things to do and places to stay. We have a deal with the Comfort Inn, which is right next door, and there's a discount if you just use the code word shake and you get a discount and they're walking distance to right around the corner from us. Oh, that's great. I think we will probably end up doing some kind of special dinner in between those two Saturdays. Mm-hmm. That's I catered from someplace else. You can get uh, that's not set up yet, mm-hmm. but, and then you get a chance to see something, sit with other people that saw it, talk about Gertrude and Claudius, and then come see Hamlet later that night. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great day of theater. I mean, it's fantastic. We'll be doing it again. Uh, not Gertrude and Claudius, but also this year, we the play that follows Hamlet is Richard II, mm-hmm. which is the beginning of the Hundred Years' War in Shakespeare's history cycle <clears throat> from Richard II, Henry IV, Part One, Part Two, Henry V, Henry VI, One, Two, Three, Richard III. And we will follow that up in the next two years. So you can, this year, you can see Gertrude and Claudius and Hamlet. Then next year, we'll be doing Henry IV, Part One and Part Two, and a, a concert version of Henry V. And then the following year, we're going to do the whole War of the Roses. And you can come in one day and see, we're going to take Henry VI, Part One, Two, Three, and turn him into two plays, mm-hmm. uh, which John Barton did at the RSC. We may use his script and see it in the morning and then see the second part in the afternoon and then come see Richard III at night. So then we'll be going from two plays in one day to three. Uh, I flew to London three years ago now to see the Trevor Nunn version of that, which played, and it was it was just awesome to see three plays in one day and go to dinner in between. It was really fun. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, thank you so much for joining us and talking about the upcoming Gertrude and Claudius, and uh, we look forward to seeing it and hearing all about how it does. You bet. Talk to you later. All right, Jim. I'm Jim Elliott, and thank you for listening to The State of Shakespeare.